over the past few weeks and months, you know, Pastor Dave's been doing an awesome job as a new pastor, and, and uh, we're so proud of him, and I know you are, and I thank you for, uh, you know, who would have ever thought? They don't give any, there's no skill set that I know that how to pastor in, in a pandemic. You know, this is weird stuff, and, and he's done an excellent job. So, um, but he's been teaching us about faith. He's been continuing the legacy, and and we've also learned about the favor of the Lord and the abundant blessings that God has for us. And I think, I think that's awesome. But I want you to turn with me to the book of James, chapter 2. If you'll put that up for me. Because James says it this way. What good is it, my brothers, if you tell me you have faith, but you don't have any works? Now, you can put your own faith to the test, and that's a work, I suppose. But it says, can his faith save him? Well, yeah, but if a brother or sister is without clothes or lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, well, go in peace, stay warm, eat well, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good does that do? If somebody's hungry and you haven't fed them, you just say, well, have a nice day. How, how appropriate is that? In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. Can I tell you that faith is supposed to be an action verb? It's not a noun. It's a verb. It's something that you work with. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Well, show me your faith without works, and I'll show you faith from my works. From my works. And so today, what I want to tell you is that you have to put faith into action. The only way faith can be grown and, and, and faith can really do what it's called to do in our lives and in this world is by us putting it into action. In the book of Luke, when I was on vacation, we were self-quarantining in a terrible place, West Palm Beach, Florida, um, for a few weeks. Uh, we have a friend that has a condominium and they generously allow us to stay there and the price is zero. Um, but uh, anyway, I could not get away from this scripture. And Jesus has been to the river and been baptized. And he was not only baptized in water, but he's baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, he's been then led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He's 30 years old. He's led into the wilderness. He's been tempted of Satan for 40 days. He's overcome that. And now he, the first place he goes is to go back home. And he comes to Nazareth. And he walks into the synagogue on Shabbat. And he takes the scroll, the Torah scroll from the, from the reader, from the rabbi, and he opens the scroll, he takes the book of Isaiah, and he opens the scroll to the 61st chapter of Isaiah. And he says this, okay? Let me just read it to you. It's in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 16. And it says, There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, 
and the recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those that have been bruised. To set at liberty those that are in captivity or bound, another version says. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, that's not actually what the book of Isaiah chapter 61 says. He inserted a verse in there. And it came from Isaiah 42. And he said, he said, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. The recovery of sight to the blind is not in there. And then he said, he closed the book. He gave it back to the rabbi. He sat down. And everybody in the church was looking at him. And he said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And they all knew what he said. I am the anointed one. I am the fulfillment of this prophecy, which they all knew as a messianic prophecy. It came from Babylonian times, but it was always understood that there's an anointed one coming. And this anointed one that will come will bring deliverance to the captives, those who are in Babylon and, and those beyond. And there they are under Roman rule, and, and, and they're waiting for this. And he says, today. And they look at this guy. He's 30 years old. He's a young guy. He's been a carpenter. He's the son of a carpenter named Joseph. They all have known him since his birth. And they were incensed. And the more they thought about it, they said, wait a minute. We know Pastor Dave. He's been in this church for 20 years. We knew him when he was a young guy. We saw him playing on the streets. We saw Jesus in the dust. <laughs> He's not the anointed one. And they tried to take him out to the side of the hill. and said they could do no mighty works in that town because of their unbelief. He just healed a few sick folk. Why? Because of their unbelief. You know what they did? They took him to the edge of the town to a place we've been by it many times. Precipice Hill, they call it today. You can still see it there. It's a big, they made a big monument to it. And they tried to throw him off a cliff because he said, I'm the anointed one. I'm the anointed one. He said, I've been called to preach good news to poor people. I've been called to preach the news of the kingdom of God to, to, to literally and figuratively poor and spirit poor in body, financially in every area. I'm anointed to heal broken people's hearts. I'm anointed to heal broken people. I've been called to preach deliverance to those that are in, in jail and prison and bondage to sin and sickness and, and, and beyond. I've been called to be the light bringer. I'm going to bring light to people who are blind, spiritually and physically. I've been, I've been anointed to tell you that the year of Jubilee was here. In, the Judaic, uh, uh, in, in Judaism, every 50th year was a year that set aside all the debts were canceled. You could sell yourself and sell your property, but it was always determined on how, what year it was before the next year of Jubilee, and so everything was prorated. You could sell your property up to 50 years, but it always reverted back to you. The debts were always canceled at 50 years. 
Jesus said, I've come to proclaim liberty. I've come to tell you that you have now, in, in your sight, in your hearing, you are now under the favor of the Lord, whether you like it or not, the debt's been canceled. Now you didn't hear me. I, I came to tell you the debt's been canceled. You owed a debt you couldn't pay. He paid a debt he didn't know, the old song says. Christ Jesus came to set you free. The anointing of God was upon him. And so today I want to talk to you for a minute. What is the anointing? What do we mean when you say you can see the anointing? Have you ever seen somebody who had the anointing? I hope you're seeing one right now. So I, I want to teach you just a little about that. I want to show you what the anointing looks like. And then I want to ask you, is that for you? And if it is, how do you get it? Why do I need it? How can I move like that? And you have to understand, in the Old Testament, anointing means to, to rub on or smear. They anointed kings and they anointed the high priest. They took a bottle of oil and they, you know, they, a bigger one than this, and, and dumped it on their head. And it said the oil flowed down the, the top of Aaron's uh, headdress and then down the sides of his beard and down onto his coat and all the way down to the hem of his garment and dripped on it. You know, they, they dumped him in so much oil, he probably had to go out and, you know, get a whole new set of clothes. I, I don't know. But, but that was the, that was, that was the anointing. They used, to, they used to anoint their shields. They would rub oil on it so that the, when a knife would hit it or a sword would hit it, it would, it would slide off. But we know in the Old Testament, the, the, the anointing, oil, is a type of the Holy Spirit. It, 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 and, and the person being anointed also was being consecrated, set apart by God. But also, that person became endued with power by God to do the work that God had called him to do. It gave him a special enablement, a special endowment of power, the power of the Spirit. And you have to understand something, that when Jesus stands there and says, in this hour, the, what you, you, that scripture is fulfilled in your ears. It says, I, he'd been to the river. He'd been baptized, but he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And everything, hear me one more time. I've said it a million, I'm going to say it one more time. Jesus never worked the works of God as a man. I mean, as a God. He never worked the works of God as God. He did them as a man filled with the Spirit of God. Yes, he was always God, and yes, he was always man, but the miracles and signs and wonders that he did, he did under the anointing of the Holy Spirit as a man anointed by God to do that work. Because when he tells us even greater works we can do, it would be a lie for him to tell us that if that were not so. Now, one more thing, and I'll show you this video. And it's 20-some minutes long. And then I'm going to pray at the end, so don't get excited. But we'll show and tell here today, okay? But I, I was here Wednesday night. You know, we're here Wednesday nights, by the way. Okay, love it for you to be here. You on TV, too. But I heard a word from Brenda Delaney. And she talked about this church, and I'm just paraphrasing it. 
but she called us points of light. She saw a, a vision, and she saw us, the church, as what she called Goshen houses. Now understand that when Israel lived in Egypt, they lived in a place called Goshen. And when the destroyer came across that night, okay, he destroyed all the firstborn of Egypt, but he didn't touch the houses in Goshen that were covered by the blood. And she said it was like points of light emanating out into the darkness of this, of this city. And I believe God is calling us to be lights in the darkness. You know, we're living in a pandemic, which may miraculously be over November 4th. Just a thought. But until then, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of other stuff. And I, I for one, am sick of the church walking around in fear. You have an anointing. And you've not been called, not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, spirit of love, spirit of self-control, you know, and sound mind. So I want to share, you, share with you a video. Now, I put this video together from a, several different clips, and, and I'm going to show you some people. I couldn't, there are no clips of Smith Wigglesworth around except for one, him walking in the garden. It was back in the, he died in the 40s. There are no clips of John G. Lake, but in my office, I have books and I have books at home. I was going to bring some out, but we don't have, we don't have time. Maria Woodworth Etter was a woman of God. I've got books that are this thick on the miracles and signs and wonders that happened in her ministry. And you know who she was? She was a housewife from Ohio on the banks of the Ohio River from a little Methodist church and she got saved. She traveled all over the United States and all across the world and people were unbelievably miraculously healed in their ministry. John G. Lake, you've heard about the healing rooms. He was from a businessman from Spokane, Washington who got a call of God, an anointing of God and went to uh, South Africa and, and ministered for many years and then started healing rooms here in the United States. Unbelievable miracles. I'm going to show you some videos from a guy by the name of A.A. A. Allen, um, one from Oral Roberts, Catherine Kuhlman. They all operated differently. Catherine Kuhlman operated in words of knowledge. She would say, Sister, that back that's been troubling you, God has healed it. And that woman would be instantly healed. She just operated in words of knowledge, and, and she would call them out, and they'd come down and then testify how God had healed them. Benny Hinn thinks he took her mantle, you know, and he's replicated everything she did. I'm going to show you some, also some things from us. But anyway, let's, turn, let's put that video on. What, why is he here today? He couldn't understand or even walk. He could not stand. Stand or even walk. No podía pararse. I've never shown this one because I'd have to lay it out. This is a boy who was in a wheelchair down on the, on the grounds. And I walked over to him as, as Joel began to pray that night. And he was sitting there in the wheelchair. And when Joel prayed, he pushed himself up. Now his legs were crossed like this. His knees were touching. And he, they were totally, uh, totally bent. And when Joel prayed, he 
he moved like this and stood up. I went over, laid my hands on him, and I could literally feel his bones coming together. He got, I helped him out of the wheelchair, and it was like this. It was like Frankenstein's monster, I'm not kidding. And he walked like this, but he, I held his hand, and we got, to the, we got to the steps, and I helped him. He climbed the steps by himself. And now what you're seeing is Joel going to talk to him after this with his mother, okay? Pastor Dave and I were in Uganda there in, in 2008. That boy was the first of several that were healed that night and several more that were healed the next night of deafness and unbelievable miracles. Now, I'll show this clip. This is 
we took the master's commission, one more time, and I'm almost done, but we took the master's commission down to Venezuela in, in 2009, and um, uh, we went down, to, we went to the same town Joel and I had been, where you saw that other boy, and uh, we've, you've seen this, it's on, been on our website, it's, and we pray, went down to an Indian village down there on the banks of the Orinoco River, and, and they're still living like prehistoric times, and um, when we got there, they had a little church down there, had a little service, and they asked us to pray for the sick. And uh, many of you know that, you know that there was a, a woman in a wheelchair. And I'm going to show you that clip, and she got healed, and I'm going to have Joelle explain it to you. So uh, run the clip. She'd been in this wheelchair for 30 years. She's 35 years old. She looks like she's about 60. But little tiny lady had knots all over her toes and legs, and and they were her toes were burnt, bent underneath her uh, like bird claws. She couldn't couldn't move, couldn't walk, and been in that wheelchair for 30 some years. And uh, as we're praying for, her, as we started walking her, um, the knots began to disappear off her feet, and you can see there will be a clip in a second. It'll close in on the left foot is now clear. The right foot still has knots. They were both exactly the same. almost normal like the other ones. The left foot is so now you see the left foot, you'll see is clear. It looks fine. The right foot, you can see all the knots still. But the other, it went away. And when she left, she didn't go back in the wheelchair. She pushed her wheelchair, how happy she is, back to the clinic where she had been. Ellie, let it run for a second and then stop it when it's done. What did you think? This, is, this, was, <laughs> this was Joelle's first trip. Now, she's from Venezuela, but she'd never seen anything like this in Venezuela, did you? And what did you think as we began to, as we started to pray for the, this lady? Well, I was actually the one holding the wheelchair. Since I was close, I was probably about to translate what was going on. And I'm holding it because they needed to move it around. And the lady was literally, the knots that you saw in her feet were also in her hand. And they were like this. And she was completely like that. And Pastor King prayed for her. And when you saw her, it was my first year. And <laughs> I looked at it. And when I saw that he went to hold her hand to stand her up, I thought her feet were going to break down. Because she still was like that, like her feet was in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Pastor Kim is going to really pick her up. Uh, that was like, I said, Lord, please don't take my faith. Please just do what you need to do. Because I was zero faith, to be honest. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. I was just praying. I was like, Lord, heal her. Please, please don't let her break her even worse than what she is. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Uh, but as soon as she stepped up, her feet went from like that to like that. And then he puts the other feet out, and he goes from here to here. And he picks her up, and she started walking. And every step, her toes went from like that, started opening and opening and opening. On her way back, her hand went from here to straighten up until she was holding people's hand like me, like regular. And the Lord just continued moving. And at the end, I remember like she was just walking and the only thing that she was holding her pants was falling. And she was able to actually hold her hand to hold her pants, which before she couldn't. 
I remember that. And she kept on saying, and they asked me what she's saying. And they were saying, she needs somebody to hold her pants because they're falling. And they were holding her like this. So somebody was holding her pants, and she's walking around, and her feet were completely straight. And when we leave, I remember we had a picture. She's standing like that, saying goodbye to us, like goodbye. And she was just walking. Her hands were fine, and she was completely healed. It was amazing. Amen, amen. God be the glory. Come here. So, so real quick, I'm, I'm doing all this because what I, what I want you to know, uh, you're not up there, but 1 John 2.20 says, you have an anointing. Can you put that? Yeah, there you go. You have an anointing from the Holy One. You know who you is? Say me. Say I have an anointing. From the anointed one. And I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. We're called to be Goshen houses. Points of light. And there's, you know what's different about Reinhard Bonnke, A.A. Allen, Jack Coe, Oral Roberts, Catherine Kuhlman, Smith Wigglesworth. They weren't special people. You know, Wigglesworth was a plumber. Oral Roberts was a tuberculosis-ridden boy at 16 years old. They're all just people. Reinhard Bonnke, just a German guy who got a call from God to go to saw a blood-washed Africa. When we went to Ecuador a couple years ago, Pastor Dave couldn't go, and so we took the team uh, masters down to Ecuador. We were in a, city, in a big city of Guayaquil, and we went the first night to preach, and Connie went to a, a, one church to preach, and I went with a team to this other storefront church, and there's maybe 70 people crammed in there, and they're out, sidewalk, out sitting on the sidewalk at night. And then they said, well, you know, I preached, I remember I preached on blind Bartimaeus. And um, they asked us to pray for the sick. And I think it was interesting we played for blind Bartimaeus. And I asked Silas to come up because he was a first year student that year. And I knew that it made a big impact on him because we talked about it later. And I want him to tell you what happened. They brought two little girls up to us and, and what happened when they did. So, tell um, us about them. So. Yeah, so one of the girls was cross-eyed. I don't know if she could see at all. Um, totally crossed Yeah, totally crossed. Like when, you, when Pastor Kim was like doing his hand motion, she didn't follow it at all. And uh, we just began praying for her and uh, her eyes just kind of straightened out and was able to follow him. And uh, <laughs> just crazy. That was the first miracle I'd ever seen. And that kind of like shaped the, the, the rest of the trip as well because, um, you know, we, we, we talked about, you know, faith all the time. And, and most of us in that year was praying like, God, if it's your will to heal, you know, you know, heal them, please. But that really, I don't know, that changed the whole game. And, and we started praying by decreeing and declaring and actually believing and, and expecting something to happen when we prayed for him. And so that just, that shaped the rest of the trip and, and still shapes how I pray to this day for people. Amen. Thank you, Silas. And see, isn't that what it's about? What's the difference between her and Catherine Kuhlman? Well, she looks better. But she, the anointing is the same. She used to have red hair. So. The anointing. You are anointed. 
I am anointed. It doesn't mean I'm unique. It just means I've, been, I've got the Spirit of God in me. And there is no reason in the midst of this crisis that we're living or these last days that we're living in. You know, one of the things Catherine Kuhlman had a vision before she died. She said, I see the church walking down the halls of the hospitals of this country and emptying them out through the power of the Holy Spirit. We got a nurse here who's in the COVID ward, Stacy. And surely the church needs to rise up in this hour and declare with power that the Holy Spirit is here to set you free. Billy Graham had an anointing to preach good news to the poor. Every one of those men and women, they were all flawed people, had an anointing from God to preach the good news, to preach the year of the Lord's favor. And you know what made them unique? They believed the word. They had faith. But faith without works is not faith. I declare to you, you know, when disciples of John came to Jesus, they said, are you the anointed one or should we look for another? And you know what Jesus did? He went and healed people. And then he told them, he says, go back and tell John what you see and what you hear. Go back and tell him that the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Tell them. And how will they know you're the anointed one? Because they just saw it. They heard it. If you could put the last verse up there for me, Mark 16 says it this way. He said to them as he left his disciples, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. In my name, they'll speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. And then the Lord, through the anointing, after he had spoken them, he was received up to heaven. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. And they went forth everywhere, and they did what he said, and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them through the anointing that was upon them by the Spirit of God, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that same resurrection power working through them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Say, I am the anointed of God. I have an anointing and nothing is impossible for me. Stand to your feet this morning. Lift your hands to the Lord. I got one minute and I'm taking it. Father God, Holy Spirit, Fall fresh upon your people. We're socially distancing in here, but you know what? Distant from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill each one of these houses. These houses of light. Fill them with your light. Fill them with your power. Fill them with your praise. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with your anointing, O oh God, of the, of, the, 
of a God in heaven who cares about people, hurting people, that they can tell. Maybe they'll never preach to 10,000 people, but they can preach to their neighbor. They can tell their family. They can tell their child. They can tell their grandmother. In the name of Jesus Christ, no plague is coming nigh your dwelling. I will not receive the enemy of this world in my body. Oh God, set them free. Tell them the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your relatives, tell the nation, tell the world. You are the anointed of God. Fill them with your power. Say, I receive it today. Receive it from the Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Stretch forth your hand and receive from the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for your anointing. Lord, I'd like to pray hands on every person in this room. But Lord, I know you're touching them. You that are watching by video, receive the anointing of the Lord. You are the anointed of God. And you can do it. I'm not special, Dave's not special, Bonky's not special, Coolman's not. The only thing special about us is we believe the word of the Lord. And faith motivates us to action, to take the challenge. You may not see the first one you pray for healed, or the second, or the third, or the fifth, but it doesn't mean all you're responsible to do is pray. He's responsible to take care of it. And I tell you, he will. If you'll just, if you'll take the first step, he'll give you the rest of it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for the honor that you've given Connie and I today. Amen.